0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets Podcast. It's Friday, the 8th of December, and my name is Lucia Caculovic. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Bernadette Anderko, and then I'll be speaking to Tim Gege, Head of FX and PM Solutions in Geneva, and I'll be asking him for his latest thoughts on the currencies and metals market. But first up is Bernadette. Good morning. Good morning, Lucia. Okay, so the first question I have to ask you is, how did the equity markets fare yesterday?
1: Well, uh, Lucia, European markets uh, were lower yesterday, uh, reversing the gains that they'd uh, seen on Wednesday's uh, trading session. The Stock 600 Index closed down just shy of 0.3%, with the majority of sectors ending the session in the red. Uh, Retail stocks led losses uh, closing 1.1% lower. It was, however, a different story overnight in the US where all three major indices gained ground as the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 broke three-day losing streaks ahead of today's all-important jobs report. So the details there, the S&P 500 climbed 0.8% whilst the blue chip Dow added 0.17%. The Nasdaq Composite advanced 1.37% as technology stocks outperformed, fueled uh, by the artificial intelligence story. So some some more details there. Google's parent Alphabet gained more than 5%, uh, having launched its Gemini artificial intelligence model. NVIDIA was up 2% and AMD was up uh, 9% yesterday. Uh, In commodity markets, oil did tick higher, but it does remain on course for the longest weekly losing streak since 2018. And that's on concerns about a global supply glut. Gold is heading for the first weekly drop in four weeks. Uh, The dollar traded mixed against its major peers. Uh, US government bonds, uh, treasuries, were little changed ahead of today's non-farm payrolls report. Uh, Traders still looking for more evidence of a cooling labor market to try and assess the outcome of next week's Federal Reserve policy meeting.
0: All right, let's move across to Asia now. And we might as well start with Japan, where the strength of the yen is continuing today.
1: Yeah, that's right, Luzia. Uh, Japan's currency gained for a second day, surging as much as 1.1% in thin liquidity. Um, The yen rose as traders are increasingly convinced that the Bank of Japan is nearing the end of its negative interest rate policy. The currency advance has had an e negative impact on the nation's stocks and bonds. The Nikkei is off 1.68% today. Um, Overnight, we also saw Japan's third quarter GDP being revised downwards to a 0.7% fall quarter on quarter. That's a sharper slide compared with the 0.5% decline that was previously estimated. And there's been good news
0: for one of our equity strategists' favorite emerging market regions, India, hasn't there?
1: Yes, uh, Indians' uh, stock benchmarks already at uh, record levels added to their gains overnight after the central bank decided to keep its rate unchanged at 6.5%. So the Sensex index uh, headed for a record high as it neared 70,000, and the Nifty 50 index topped 21,000 for the first time. We've seen strong economic growth and then the state election victory for Prime Minister Narendra Modi, and that's given policymakers little reason to consider interest rate cuts just yet. Just to give you some details, the victories in key state elections by Prime Minister Narendra Modi's party have helped to drive the Indian stock market to a $4 trillion valuation. Okay, interesting. So how have the markets been elsewhere in Asia overnight? Well, shares in uh, South Korea and Taiwan rose after the Nasdaq 100 index rallied amid this renewed optimism on artificial intelligence. And shares in Hong Kong and China also rallied this morning. Tencent, China's most valuable company, unveiled a a new big budget open world console game and that's betting that this new franchise is going to help its global expansion. The creative team that developed that is headed up by a chap called Steve Martin. He's a 25-year veteran of the games industry and he has worked on such things as Grand Theft Auto. Okay and getting back to Europe we've got a big EU meeting
0: going on in Brussels this week Bernadette. Perhaps you can fill us in on some details there.
1: Yes, well, I I guess the, the short answer is that they haven't reached a decision yet. But at the moment, EU finance ministers are currently meeting in Brussels and they're attempting to reach an agreement on new fiscal rules for the bloc. There's been uh, months of haggling and the finance ministers are now in the final stage of negotiating a reform of their framework, which limits debt and deficits. And that's set to kick in again in January, having been suspended earlier to cope with both the pandemic and the fallout um, of the Ukraine war. Uh, France and Germany are key in striking the deal here and members haven't agreed to reach a deal by year end. But that deadline is self-imposed. So I think we just have to watch the newspapers for more details there. All right. And is there anything else we need to be watching out for? I think today it's all about that jobs data, Lucia. Um, Initial jobless claims reported yesterday came in at 220,000, while continuing claims came in at 1.861 million. A reminder of what our analysts are expecting, they believe that uh, the the positive effects of the car workers and actors returning to work following the strikes mean that the US economy is expected to have added around 190,000 jobs in November. The unemployment rate is forecast to remain at 3.9%, and average hourly earnings are expected to continue their softening trend of recent months, rising 0.2% month on month. So we'll have to wait until this afternoon to see if that comes to pass. Okay,
0: with all that's going on, how are we expecting
1: markets to open today? Well, stocks seem to be expecting to take a pause, I think, ahead of this data. The futures for the S&P 500 and Nasdaq showing a marginally lower open and the Dow Jones flat. That's it from me, Lucia. Great. Thank you very much, Bernadette. A good roundup of
0: the news to end the week with.
1: Thanks for having me on, Lucia. Have a nice weekend.
0: Now, Tim, welcome to the podcast and good morning to you.
2: Good morning, Lucia.
0: So let's start with the yen, which Bernadette already mentioned earlier. There have been certainly some dramatic moves yesterday. What happened?
2: Yeah, that's right. It certainly was dramatic. Uh, Bank of Japan Governor Ueda kicked things off by saying that things will become even more challenging from the year end and heading into next year in terms of managing monetary policy. Now, I don't speak Japanese beyond the lyrics of Mr. Roboto, but the market seems to have translated his comments into already pricing in a 30% chance of a rate hike at the December Bank of Japan meeting. I hope that, unlike Bill Murray, this was not lost in translation. We have been disappointed before, and the Bank of Japan are so terrified of deflation that they will be very wary of being pushed around by the market. No central bank likes that. Nonetheless, the yen strengthened very significantly, not just against the dollar, but in all the crosses as well. Naturally, there are a lot of yen shorts out there. So if this really is the start of the big one we have all been waiting for, then like Hobbes' view of the world, the correction could be nasty, brutish and short as people run for a very crowded exit door. However, it is still possible that this whole move just gets spirited away and we go back to yen selling. If you are already long yen, then it really depends on your entry point as to what you do next. And if you are short, then maybe consider taking some risk off the table. Either way, I wish you luck because I have stayed clear of the yen for quite a while now and I do not intend to change this approach.
0: All right. And how about the US dollar more generally? We have the non-farm payrolls this afternoon. How's the dollar doing ahead of the numbers?
2: And it's been a quiet week, really, yen aside, of course. The general direction of travel has been a stronger dollar but it is heavy-going, to say the least. The market appears to prefer not to do very much ahead of the payroll's data and, of course, the Fed next Wednesday, which kicks off the final round of central bank fun and games for 2023. We will have the Fed, closely followed by the Swiss National Bank, the Bank of England, and the European Central Bank, all of whom are expected to do precisely nothing. My guess is, in each case, the central bank will prefer to push back a bit against the prevailing market wisdom, like I said. Central banks do not like to be told what to do. So that should mean, in theory, a slightly more dovish than expected Fed, followed by a slightly more hawkish than expected ECB and anyone's guess for the Bank of England. All that, to my mind, means the dollar can slip back a bit into year-end and the Euro can recover a bit of what it recently lost, particularly against Swiss franc and maybe even the pound as well. All this might get started off this afternoon with the payrolls data, Although this close to the Fed, I would expect anything other than a big surprise to be something of a non-event. One thing I would say is a very strong payrolls number could be particularly painful for dollar yen. If the dollar bounces, anyone who is sat on a quick long yen profit might be inclined to pull the cord on his or her parachute. So be cautious, protect your gains and don't assume that just because we went from 150 to 142, to 144, we now go to 135. It isn't always as simple as that.
0: Okay, gold started the week in amazing fashion. We already heard that from Carson yesterday. What have you seen on the metal
2: side of things? Well, it was an absolutely crazy start to the week, of course, in gold, which exploded to a new high of 2135 or thereabouts before pulling back quite sharply. We have yet to close a day above 2075, which was the previous high. And I'm still unconvinced by the durability of this strength. Gold is steadying itself nicely above 2000 for the moment, to be fair. So maybe it is preparing itself for another assault on the highs of uh, Monday morning. I don't know, but I would still rather be inclined to reduce exposure if you did not do so already. Gold aside, the other metals have seen some interesting pressure. Silver initially followed gold higher, but where gold has clung on to a decent level, silver fell off a cliff and is now well below the level of even last week. As a result, volatility in silver has moved a bit higher, and with a lot of support coming in between 23.50 and 23, then some derivatives start to look appealing. Whether we talk about a reverse convertible, maybe even an accumulator, bullish staff, And in platinum, it's so heavy at the moment, but again, vol, as always, is not too bad, and a reverse convertible in dollars gets a strike well below 900 for a decent coupon.
0: And is there anything else you would want to mention?
2: Honestly, at this point in the year, it is important not to do anything too silly or overly aggressive. I don't really see any blindingly obvious opportunities, other than still very much liking the idea of long sterling against Swiss francs, as we are yet again, just above 110. It is not really in my nature to be patient. Anyone who knows me even a little will realise that already. But I think there's such a heavy week of central bank meetings coming up next week. I would look to protect profits and keep positioning on the lighter side. I still think I would rather be short dollars than long dollars. But until we have heard from Powell, Lagarde, Bailey, Jordan, Ueda and anyone else that I might have missed, I think that as far as your positioning goes, Huey Lewis might have said it best when he sang that it's hip to be square. So with that thought, I shall leave it there. Thank you, Lucia, for the chat. Thank you, as always, for everyone who's listening. I wish you all a happy Friday and an excellent weekend.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much for being with us this morning, Tim. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and do join us again on Monday when my colleague Helen Freer will be back and talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great weekend, everyone, and bye for now.
2: The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.
1: Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.